This is Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. This is First Class Jet Rooker. This is Tony Philippe, one half of the National Classics. This is Tyson Baxter. This is Royce Chambers. Hey, this is one half of the MCW Tag Team Champions, Mitch Waterman here. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. Welcome to MCW Wired, the official podcast of Melbourne City Wrestling. My name's Simon Tackler. My co-host is Nims Azor. Nims, how are you feeling about our next episode? Man, this is going to be an absolute belter of an episode because we could call it like a double header, if you will. Two for the price of one. You don't need to be an expert in maths to know that that's a bargain wherever you are around this big brown land. So... Very, very exciting because we're continuing the sort of championship feel that we kicked off with uh, the initial edition of MCW Wide. And we couldn't talk to champions without talking to the premier tag team in Melbourne City Wrestling, could we? That's right. These guys have been top of the tag team division for years at MCW. They are four-time MCW tag team champions. They are the current reigning MCW tag team champions. Of course, we're talking about the Brat Pack. Mitch Waterman, Nick Berry. Guys, welcome to the show. G'day, mate. How's it going? Yeah, guys, this is the big sexy unit. This is a big ushka. We are Nick Berry, Mitch Waterman. You've got the Brat Pack and we're fired up and ready to go. Four time, four slits. You know what? Let's kick things off. It sounds like you guys are excited to sort of be back in the public eye. How's lockdown life been treating the two of you? Absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, it hasn't been the best thing, mate, to be honest. I don't think I remember how to actually speak to people. So if that comes up at all, just, you know, just, just take, take example. I can't talk. This <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rough. Um, I'll never take a frothy on tap for granted in my life again. You know, it's just I miss me mates. I miss the frothies. And most importantly, I miss being out there in a wrestling ring. We're sort of seeing online, like we when we check out the socials of everyone, everyone's got like a home gym sort of set up. People are like turning their garages into gyms and stuff. Now, you guys have to stay match fit as well. Have one of you guys like converted a shed into like a makeshift bar or something so you could keep your drinking hands strong and uh, <laughs> all that sort of stuff? Or are you just thinking, you know what, well, let's just get through this, wait till lockdown's done and actually do it properly? Yeah, well, I've I've turned my garage into a gym, but I believe the unit's whole house has just become a bar. So I got frothies in places I didn't know I had places. So um, <laughs> you should see me forearms—they're absolutely huge from all that bicep curling for the frothies. Now, between the two of you, has um, has the distance and sort of separation uh, during the lockdown made you stronger as a team, or do you think it's a matter of like, do you feel yourself drifting apart, or are you guys still keeping in touch? as much as possible? Well, that's a good question. Um, Mitch and I talk every day. So, uh, you know, like in, I would say we're actually talking more than normal um, because, you know, like normally I would, I would see Mitch a couple of times a week, whether I'd be training or on shows, but now we're talking every day. We're talking, you know, wrestling, talking life, you know, it's, it's um, having that core group of friends around you that um, it, it's actually getting you through lockdown. So it's been great in that sense. He pretty much said everything there. I, uh, yeah, we, we talk nearly every day. And uh, look, to be honest, by the time we get back, I don't know if I'll talk to him anymore. But, you know, it's been good during lockdown. Well, let's take it back to the start, though. Because as you mentioned there, you guys are close, not just inside of the ring, but you guys are obviously good mates outside of it too. How did the Brat Pack story come to be? For those who don't know, they've only seen you in the rings, tearing it up in there, winning championships. But how did this start sort of 
you know, right at the beginning, before there was even a Brat Pack for the two of you meeting and becoming a team? Uh, well, we actually first met um, at Loverboy's house. That was the first... Oh, we did too? Yeah, seven <laughs> years ago. We were watching a WWE pay-per-view together. Um, yeah, Royal Rumble. Yep. I won the won everyone's money that night. Batista won. The animal. Yeah, you, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually met there. Uh, I think Mitch had just started training with Loverboy, and then I was about six months away from starting. Um, my parents made me wait till I was 18. And um, then the, the Brat Pack actually... Uh, it, it's a little funny story with the how the Brat Pack started. It was I was told that I just come back from the Storm Wrestling Academy, and the, the um, MCW had told me at the time that they were looking to put me into a tag team. I just had a singles match there, and uh, I was going to be with a different wrestler. Thank God that never happened, and Mitch came along. Um, he pulled out last minute for a tryout, and Mitch got the phone call. Um, and we were told to, you know, we, we had a try at Thornbury against another tag team. Um, and we had to, we had two matches. We had never wrestled together. We had never trained together. And the moment that we hopped into the ring together and started tag team wrestling, it was like, you know, lightning in a bottle. We had chemistry from the get-go. Um, Mitch, if you want to add anything to that, uh, I know you had a show that night as well. Yeah, for me, it was, for me, it was really random. Um, I hadn't really interacted with MCW much in years. I used to go set up rings from when I was like 14, 15, but uh, their training, you had to be 18 to start. And I just wanted to start wrestling. So I went and trained elsewhere when I was 16. And uh, anyway, one day I just got a call uh, asking if I was available to come to a tryout. And I actually had a show that night. So I flew down to the Thornbury Theater. I've had the tryout with Nick. And I don't know how much we can shoot on here, but... uh, we, funnily enough, were actually created as a team to establish another team. And uh, we weren't really meant to be the Brat Pack, you know, from day dot. Uh, it just kind of turned into that and the idea become what you see now. So it's pretty You've cool. You've got to be lighting rig watches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it's kind of mirrors, like, you know, you look at some of the great... Uh, tag teams that you sort of see um, in all of pro wrestling, like guys like the Hardys. I mean, these guys started off as, hey, we're just here to make other people look good. But obviously they became what they did. No one sort of wakes up as a wrestling fan going, wow, I'd love to be in a tag team with someone. But when you guys actually hit it off, when did you, as you sort of said, Nick, you, you realized we're onto something special here. Mitch, obviously, since you were the call up, were you all in for it? Or, or were you just sort of thinking, all right, we'll do this one this one tag team together and then we'll see what happens for me or were you just like we've got to keep this thing together we got to can we just continue being this tag team and we'll see where we go um man i was so nervous for the tryout because as soon as i started in wrestling mcw was my goal and i saw i saw the tag team as a as a crack you know it wasn't meant to be this big thing but i saw it as a crack in the door and i was like together we can knock that door open and make an impact. So I, I didn't look at it as, as a stepping stone at all. I was like, this is it. Like, we need to make something of this. It's interesting that you mentioned having nerves, you know, for the triad and whatnot, because if there's one team that when I think of, nervous is the last word I would use <laughs> to describe the Brat Pack, especially when it comes to interacting with the fans, because it sometimes feel like wrestlers aren't willing to sort of be that in your face anymore. Whereas the Brat Pack, the second that music hits and the second you guys, uh, you know, sort of surrounding the ring and the fans there, you're in everyone's face. 
and it almost feels like fearless. Is that just a switch that goes off the second you're out there? Yeah. Once that music hits and we, uh, myself personally, I know Mitch would probably be the same, but once we walk onto that entranceway, yeah, I'm just in my element. Like I love it. I thrive for it. I love, I love pressure situations and I love the feedback, the instant feedback that the crowd gives you. And I love getting in their face, whether they're booing me or cheering me, as long as they're reacting to me, I love it. And I, I just embrace it all. It's funny you mentioned that actually. Uh, <laughs> before I was in MCW in a team with uh, Nick, I was in a tag team with a guy called Damien Rivers. And we got to be a bad guy team one time in a little town called Colac. And that to me was the birth of the Brat Pack because we went out and were screaming at people and Colac was going crazy at us. An old guy, I remember, literally picked up his chair and threatened to hit us with the chair. So to me, like, at that moment, I was like, all right, if, if I'm ever doing this again, this is how I'm going to do it. That's great. Remember, remember we got told one time after an Esteban show at MCW that, uh, that we had to have people walk us to our car because we got so we, we <laughs> so many people and got so much heat that a guy was telling MCW staff he was going to stab me. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about that, that story from Colac. I mean, to get a bunch of dairy farmers really riled up, you guys must have <laughs> really, really gone and done a number there at that show. But so th- that's actually pretty cool that you sort of ventured outside the bubble of uh, Melbourne and actually do some shows regionally. Like, so you, Mitch, you obviously mentioned Colac being a highlight of one of the towns that you've gone and done. Uh, what about you, Nick? Uh, is there any memories of, you know, like a, a town, not just within Victoria, maybe you've uh, done some shows interstate as well, where you guys have just caused some absolute havoc? Dubbo. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gone over in Dubbo. <laughs> Oh, I, I love touring and um, it's one of it's one of the best parts about being a wrestler that you can go explore different parts of the of Australia and the world but um we're keeping it to Australia in regional towns Albury is one of my favorites Dubbo is one of my favorites even though I've never had a win there uh, in more ways than one um but uh you know like we, we go to um New, Newcastle's a hot spot Bulladella geez that was a wild ride oh Bulladella <laughs> You know, like any of those towns you rock up into, the the people are so happy to have live entertainment and wrestling there that they just profit. And they're um, they oh, I shouldn't say this, but they're a bit simple compared to normal city people. So oh, um, says you, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I'm I've actually got an academic excellence in um, you know, math gold. So when when I travel, <laughs> you know, that's actually foundation math. So it's it's really dumb people math. But um, when you travel internationally. Australia, as far as I'm concerned, is gold, silver, and bronze math. So when I'm at the bar chatting up to a nice, pretty, sweet, sweet baby girl, math gold, baby girl. (laughs) Support for MCW Wired is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precise engineered tools for your family jewels. And great news, Manscaped just launched in Australia. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and you could be one of the first to experience their life-changing products here in Australia. Are you like me and sick of digging out the hair clippers? They aren't meant to groom down there. Having to find the right attachments to put on top and then randomly hacking away, it is the worst. You almost can't be bothered maintaining, and then old mate down there looks like a garden that's untamed. And it makes it even harder for the clippers next time. No more. 
That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB and if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MCW21 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Remember, 20% off and free shipping with the code MCW21 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. So remember, use the code MCW21. The entrance is so important, though, at MCW in, you know, the sort of traditional arenas being Thornbury and previously Essendon as well, because the Melbourne crowd maybe isn't expecting that. You know, they think maybe that they're, they're almost above it or they see wrestling more, maybe a little bit sophisticated, and that when you guys are right in their face, it almost puts them sort of, you know, on edge. It throws them off too, and it creates that sort of volatile environment that you guys have been able to sort of handle over the years, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, you know, that that's, we, we figured a niche and, and we catered to that. So like wrestling has so many different elements on the show and um, you know, it's like Melbourne, Melbourne city wrestling fans, they might think that, you know, they, they're more intelligent of a wrestling fan, but when it comes to, to the Brat Pack, they're going to bite no matter what we do. And then we appreciate that and we live off the feedback. So it's a two-way street. We've been a team for years now too, and they're still biting. So something about it has worked. Four is, years now. Four, four times, a- four slits, four years. Jesus. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> is there a single moment you could pick out from a fan interaction that you're like, yep, yeah, that was the best one? Or like I worse, can. depending on how you look at it. I remember in Essendon one time, I thought a guy was going to bottle us. It was me, Nick, and Avery. And a guy literally got a VB bottle up and was threatening to bottle us. Oh, <laughs> he, yeah, gets a, he got pushed was, back by yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like coming right at us. And I'm like, sit down, bros. You're going to have a hernia. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it was grouse. <laughs> I've only recently gotten to MCW in like the past two years or so. And the first show that I went to, the minute that your music hit, it was just like, holy hell. And when you both jumped out and just the camaraderie that you guys have, Avery was with you as well. This sort of seemed like, right, I've got to buy a T-shirt. I've got to go out to the gimmick table. I've got to do something. But uh, is it that sort of connection that you have with the fans that sort of makes you, uh, I don't want to say, you know, like turn it up to 11? Like, for example, you're seeing a lot of smaller crowds these days. If you were to do shows in front of, say, a a reduced audience, do you reckon it wouldn't be the same because you couldn't feed off the energy off those big crowds we get in Thornbury? I think, 
I think any wrestler, no matter where you go, whether a fan, a fan or an audience knows who, who or what you are, they need to, you need to reestablish yourself every time that you go out there. And you have to think to yourself that no one knows you as soon as you go out there. At least that's my mindset. So if you walk out there in the first 10 seconds, if the fans don't know whether to boo or cheer you or to uh, react to you in somewhat of a way, I think you're doing your, your job wrong. I think that you really need to establish who and what you are the minute that you walk out of there. And that's all on you. You don't have to wait until you actually lock up and do a move, but someone needs to react to you as soon as you're in your entrance. And going back to the, uh, the, the smaller towns as well, like me and Nick have tagged all around the country in barns at festivals in front of 20 people. And it has worked everywhere we've gone, no matter if they were cheering whether they were laughing, whether they were booing, whether they wanted to kill us, it was loud. So yeah. wherever we've done it, it's worked. So I don't think, I think this act will work anywhere. Not that it's an act, but yeah. Well, let's talk about the other piece of the puzzle though. We did mention her earlier, Avery. How did that come about with her joining the group and how big of a part has she played in sort of the presentation of the three of you as a, you know, as a presentation, as an act? She's been huge. So like she, like she was like sort of like the glue for two years, I'd say that sort of kept us together. Like that we would go out and get reactions, but once she came into us, it was, that is what clicked. That was the moment. Like once we had her, it, we just skyrocketed in my personal opinion. And, and, and the fans bought onto it as well. Like there's so many matches that were made purely on, one or two moments that she had an involvement into that match that just made it perfect. And without her, we wouldn't be where we are today. She, she was everything. To me, she was everything. Like, before her, there, there was... We, we were finding our, our feet. We were getting somewhere. But when she came with us, like, it just clicked. Because she is us. We're, we're the same. Like, we've done road trips with her, driven, like, 20 hours. And it's just the whole time laughing. Uh, and I think she just added something to us that we probably never would have found if she never joined us. So we're all from the same pub. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good way to put it. So just staying on the topic of Avery here, uh, when you see what she's done now, like MCW women's champion, women's wrestling is doing so great. And the thing that I love about the Brad pack is you're right. You're all equals. It's not like, Oh yeah, it's Nick and Mitch plus Avery's their valet. No, no, no. It's, this is the unit. This is um, a trio that's just equally as good as each other. So when you see Avery getting to those strengths uh, as a single star, how does that make you guys feel? Like, is there a sense of pride that like, you know, I'm sure it's the same sort of thing when she sees you guys wins championships. Is it the sort of reciprocal feeling? Oh yeah. Uh, we yeah. we are so proud of her and, and, and it goes all, all three ways. We're so proud of each mm. other and what we've been able to do. Um, she's just absolutely killing it. Like last year when she was in Japan and then going on to win the, um, the women's title in MCW, I just, I couldn't be happier for her. And, and it was the right time as well. Uh, yeah. Me and, me and Nick together are so proud of her. And like he said, it goes both ways. Like, there's a really cool photo of her uh, laying down, looking under the curtain, watching one of our matches just with a big smile. And I, I remember uh, actually we wrestled one night at Thornbury and after the match, uh, Avery was wrestling pretty close after us. And me and Nick actually went around 
into the back of the crowd and, and we watched her wrestle Tony Storm and we were just so proud. We, we, we were there just saying how much she's improved and it, it's been in, incredible to watch. So, Hell of a match. Yeah, horse match. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a look. Let's broaden the horizons. We mentioned the regional towns. We've mentioned uh, that you guys have, you know, you've got your nice little home base in Melbourne, but you guys have also functioned as a team together representing MCW overseas as well. You guys had a Ring of Honor, uh, a Ring of Honor stint as well. Ring of Honor's got a pretty big pedigree there, and you guys, this is going to sound really stereotypical, but, you know, we're always saying, oh, yeah, they're the Aussie dudes, they're this, they're that, but to go and tear it up in another foreign promotion, you talk about nerves. How does that feel for you both? We'll start off with you, Mitch. Man, I was too tired to be nervous. <laughs> that, that first match uh, in London, uh, in your call, I, I struggle remembering some of it. I was so jet lagged. I, I wasn't there that day. So that was just like years of training and instinct kicking in. Like, uh, but when we found out it was insane. Like I, I was super nervous, but I was super excited. And uh, after we wrestled Will Ospreay and Kyle Fletcher, I knew I was like, we're going to be fine. We're going to go over there and kill it. And that's exactly what we did. I have no regrets about what we did over there. I think we did awesome. Yeah, it was it was a hell of an experience, um, and something that I look forward to to going back with them after this whole pandemic is over and as well. Like um, like Mitch was saying, once we wrestled Kyle and Will, um, that was sort of the the standard that we knew we were going to get going over there. And I thought that we killed it with those two at MCW, and then going into Ring of Honor, like Mitch was saying, like we were so jet lagged. Um, basically, like you know, having like smashing down Red Bulls before the match just to even stay awake, but then. Coming out of that, those three matches, I like to think that we gave them a flavor of brat, a different flavor of Brat Pack in a different match. So there's three matches that we had for Ring of Honor, and each match was different. Each told a different story. Each had a different flavor with the Brat Pack can offer. And um, it, the I, I walked out of that that tour feeling not once as subpart, but as as a as a peer to to all of them. So and we were respected. I think it was. Well, it was by far the best locker room and culture I've ever been a part of. The support network was fantastic. It was just an amazing experience and to know and come out of it confident. Uh, one of the wrestlers on that last day, actually, we had earned his respect. Um, and he walked up to us in the lobby that morning when we were all leaving. And he asked us how old we were. And we told him how old we were. And the look on his eye was just like, God, like, you guys are so young. And then he said, you guys will do just fine in this business. And he knew, um, I don't even say who he was, but he knew that we were on the right path. And him telling us that, that to us just really sealed the deal that we just need to stick together and keep, keep on the course that we're on because we're doing the right thing. And I think the fans are starting to notice that too, though, because as time has gone on, I think it's undeniable that aside from the entertainment factor in the ring you guys deliver and the matches continue to get better. Like you said, you guys are young. You've been a team for around four years now. And I think the, the sort of cra the crowds have started to pick on to that, like, hold on, if the Brat Pack's in a match, this is probably going to be good. And we've seen you guys take on a variety of teams, you know, the Untouchables, the Street Gang Hooligans, uh, the Natural Classics. And the reaction from the fans starts to be respectful, whether they want to like you or not. Has that been a good thing or do you have to then balance that out with getting in their face more to be like, you know, respect us, but that's sort of not where you're trying to head? I mean, like evolution's a funny thing. Like 
I think once once you come undeniable that that people respect you, um, there's a love that comes with that. You, the, I think the fans have grown to appreciate us so much, and our evolution as a tag team has, has changed. Like once, you, if you see a Brat Pack match, it's not the same match. Depend, like if I if we were to wrestle, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then A, B, uh, it's never going to be the same match. So they've appreciated that. It's not, it's not a one performance sort of thing. So I think they've gone to really appreciate that and respect us. And then naturally, with that over the years of time, they've grown to love the act. Uh, um, and that they've grown to appreciate us. And I think that our, our personalities are so out there and so outgoing that sometimes you can't help but laugh. And laugh naturally over time makes you love them. So that's, that's, that's what I think the fans have done with us in the last year or so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I, like, uh, I, I don't think we need to turn it up anymore because then it'll be fake, you know? I, I just think we're us and however people take to us, uh, that's awesome. As long as they're making noise, I'm happy. And yeah. in saying that, is there a match specifically that felt like a turning point for the team? Of course, you guys had instant chemistry, but was there a match from a match standpoint that the two of you thought, okay, now we're really clicking or that was special? What was the first time you sort of had that feeling? To me, it was um, Lockie and Crackerjack when they were yeah, attacked. I was going to say the same. Yeah, in 2017 or late 16, I'm going to say. Um Around then, yeah, that, that was the time because we, like Mitch was saying earlier, we weren't designed to be a mainstay or a long-term thing. And when we proved the people in power wrong so many times and they kept on giving us opportunities, it became inevitable that they had to just keep on using us. And then when we had that, those, that series of matches with Lockie and, and Crackerjack and that storyline that was really compelling, I think that's when we knew that, okay, we've got something here. We really need to keep on pushing this as far as we can go. Yeah, to me, there's a couple of matches. Uh, and it's interesting because we, I didn't always feel like we belonged. Like, at first, we were designed to, you know, make other people grow. Uh, and we actually had a match early on uh, that we got a warning off after the match when we went to the back. We had, we had a stern talking to and said, look, you guys got one more chance or else this is done. And uh, I didn't feel safe until we had that Lockie Crackers match at Thornbury. Uh, I really felt like that was when we arrived and people realized like what we can bring to the table. Uh, and another match actually that it was a turning point to me was the Untouchables. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like that just added a, a bit of a respect to us in ring uh, working with those guys. So I think just to add to that, untouchables match that was the turning point for us where we weren't just a character team we became yeah. a wrestling and character team and that was what completed the package you mentioned some of the great uh, mcw tag teams that you've uh, tangled with new horizons last year was probably one of the best tag team matches i've seen full stop among any company but obviously there's a new crop of uh, talent that's coming into mcw are there any young guys that you see at the academy or anyone that you think you know what these guys on the Brat Pack could just make absolute magic here. Uh, for me, the I think it's the match that Australia needs to see, wants to see, always will need to see is Brat Pack and Velocities. One one day it's going to happen. Um, sadly, COVID took that away from us. Uh, we we had the challenge, and hopefully it happens one day. Um, but it, there's we we've been tagging for four years. We've gone through so many tag teams. Um, Jet and Tyson. That that's one that we haven't 
uh, wrestled. I'd love to do that. Um, Mitch, is there any others that you really want to get to? Um, from the academy, uh, for me personally, I look at Tony Villani. Uh, so if he ended up in a tag team, I would love to wrestle Villani. I think he's a star. Um, other than that, yeah, Jet and Tyson. Uh, I always enjoy wrestling the natural classics. Um, yeah, but the velocities is the big one. The dogs versus horses. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs and horses. It's money. But there, there is one other match that I really do want to have. Uh, and that, that's, I want to go over to Adelaide and, and uh, wrestle the Perea in their hometown. Uh, Perea. you got to say it right, uh, Perea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- those wogs have got to smash in time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, just mentioning the Perea, I mean, that was, that was probably one of the biggest nights in MCW history in terms of like, because that was the same card where, um, I think, wasn't it the Seb Costello and Slex versus... Um, Gino and Sebastian Walker as well. So already you got so much so much eyes in that card, yet you guys still managed to steal the show. Basically, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's kind of what happens when you got the rat back on there. <laughs> but, but like that, that was what that was one of the coolest things for me too, because like in terms of wherever you sort of seem to be on the card, we've seen you main events shows, we've seen you been the opening, we've seen you've been the the, the one after intermission, before intermission you don't seem to care where you are on the card just as long as you guys are wrestling. And is there any preference that you guys actually have? Main event. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I want for the velocities, main event. That's my goal. Yeah, that, that, that's all we want. We want, a, we want a main event, the next MCW with the velocities and the Brat Pack, the horses and dogs. But like you said, it doesn't matter where we are on the card. Like, I feel like there are some shows where it's not even my goal to necessarily steal the show from a five-star classic match. Like sometimes I want to steal the show just from an entertainment standpoint. Like (laughs) I always try and find a way that we stand out on the show. And I think you got to adapt as well. Like, of course, if you were given a main event, you can have a lot of time to do what you want to do. Or if you're given an opener, then the crowd's always the hottest. But if you're somewhere in the middle of the show or the second or third match, you've got to adapt to the spot that you're in and I think that's what makes being in the Brat Pack so much fun that we, we have all these different things that we can do. And whether we get a six-minute match or a 60-minute match like we had in, um, oh, God, that was it Dubbo? Yeah, 60 minutes in Dubbo. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like, our 40, mate. Oh, uh, It could have been. It could have been. Uh, we, we hold, uh, it, it, I was sweating. I, was sweating. Um, <laughs> it, I, I think it, it doesn't matter where we are. We're, we're going to fit and cater to that spot. So, yeah, look. Like, spot on with what Mitch is saying. Well, talking about adapting and sort of doing things differently and stealing the show in different ways, let's talk about Wrestle Rock just briefly because that's sort of the alternate universe for, for MCW. And the two of you get the chance there to sort of be complete opposites, to try new things. Mitch, your former Wrestle Rock champion, you know, taking on Jake Andrew Arthur and doing that. Whereas Nick, you've sort of leaned into the big sexy unit. So we're seeing two different sides of the Brat Pack sometimes you know on the same card what was that experience like and was that a conscious thing from you guys or from wrestle rock where they said we want you guys to do something different i am the big sexy unit so (laughs) so it it doesn't it doesn't matter if you see me you know like walking down the street in the bar wrestling in any other promotion in any in the country or or if it's wrestle rock i am the big sexy unit when when mitch and i come together we are the brat but take me out of the Brat Pack on the big sexy unit. So I think I love Wrestle Rock. I absolutely love it. Um, 
it's a lot of fun. I, I love the element that fans can come together. They can sort of, you know, <coughs> just leave, leave your shirt off at the door sort of thing. Yeah, there's no stress in, in Wrestle Rock. You have a couple of frothies, watch it, laugh. And, um, and A, there's great wrestling, but you're going to be entertained as well. Um, and I, like, again, I love and I live for the reaction of the fans. And so when, when all the fans start chanting, oh, big sexy unit, well, that just, you know, that gets my hips thumping. Well, actually, the, f- the first Wrestle Rock back to, we were the Brat Pack. We were Brat Pack at Wrestle Rock. And that, that was uh, an unfiltered Brat Pack was interesting. But uh, yeah, so that, that was their idea to separate us there and just do something different because, you know, you can see the Brat Pack at MCW. Wrestle Rock's its own thing, man. Everyone's having a party, everyone's having fun. So. Might as well try stuff. And fans shouldn't be worried. They shouldn't think, oh, that's the first step of the Brat Pack sort of breaking up. You guys are still, you know, a tight team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I think Mitch and I, would, at least I, I hope so, uh, there, there will be uh, we'll be wrestling for a very, very long time together. But um, that, like, we still want to do our own things, but we are still a team and um, and, and we'll continue to do that. Sweet. And you know what, we'll go to social media because we did um, put the call out for some questions using the hashtag MCWWired. And we got one on Twitter from Pardo and they've asked obvious question, who would you like to face next? I think you guys have sort of established that with the velocities, but also added to that, who do you think should face each other to then face the two of you for the MCW tag titles? Is this MCW only talent or... We can open it up. Maybe a team could come we'll in up, from another promotion from Australia. I mean, yeah. the, the Philippe's and the Velocities already kind of did that. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to see the Velocities verse. Man, if we could get the Babes back together, I would love Ooh. to wrestle either Velocities or the Babes. Uh, so that's my <laughs> pick. The Babes and the Brats. Ooh. That's funny. <laughs> Getting units sweaty. I'm <laughs> 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 And also, um, we've got one from Instagram. Not so much a question, but answer this however you guys like. Uh, it comes to us from the one and only Rocky Monero. He says, how does it feel to be the second best tag team in Australia? Hashtag Team Pavea. I wouldn't know what it feels like to be the second best team. Because <laughs> we're the best. I've never been second in my life, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, well... Rocky, we're four-time four slits. We're, we've been together for four years. We've broken tag team records. What more do you want, bros? That's a big jacked-up brother right there. I think he needs a bit more blood flow to his brain because oh! um, he clearly isn't thinking straight. See you out there, Rocky. <laughs> we're just going to have tag teams writing down like, all right, when the world opens up, Brat Pack at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, we've got a hit list now. We're in big trouble. <laughs> Put a big target on your back. Guys, one thing that we have noticed is that any time that there is a tag team out there, everyone always goes, oh, geez, wouldn't such and such be great as a world champion? Or wouldn't they start the fantasy book away from the tag team? Have If you guys were to have some single success in MCW, at any point, uh, would you would you sort of shake hands and sort of go, right, we had a good ride as, a, as the Brat Pack, but uh, I guess it's time to go our separate ways? Or is that just something that you haven't thought about at all? I would love nothing more to stay MCW Tag Team Champion and wrestle Mitch at the top for the world title. So I think, I think competition's the best thing. Um, Mitch and I, we're, we're best of mates. We're, we're never going to let each other down. So if we could 
if we could go to the top and, well, who knows? Maybe one of us is an IC champ. One of us is a, is a heavyweight champ. And then we come together. We could hold all the belts. Brats could rule. We don't know. Yeah, look, I think it's, like Nick said, I think it's good to have goals. But at the end of the day, I'm a tag champion right now, four-time tag champion. We're the most accomplished tag team in MCW history. So that's what I'm going to focus on for now. So who knows? If anything changes one day, I'm ready for the challenge. But right now, I am ready to keep this fourth title forever. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to wrap things up, but we're going to give you guys one chance to do the hard sell. If you've got some merch to plug, if you've got social media accounts to plug, now is the time to do it. Mitch, do you want to go first? No merch here that I know of. Do we have any merch out here? Oh, no, we still do. Um, Brat Pack singlets. Oh, yeah, we got the Brat Pack singlets. You can find them online. Where can you find them, Unit? Oh, I'm terrible with this stuff. <laughs> um, you, can, you can find them on mcw.com, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, can't, I can't, well, I can't tell the fans to come to a show and buy them because there's no shows, is there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the social yeah. media. I've got Twitter, I've got Instagram, both at Mitch Waterman PW. Mitch Waterman, pwah. Everyone asks me what that stands for. It's pro wrestler. Mitch Waterman, pro wrestler, PW. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active at the unit underscore Nick Berry. Um, Twitter, I dabble with that a little bit. So you can find me on um, Real Nick Berry on there or Facebook, Nick Berry, pro wrestler. But, um, Instagram's meet me favorite choice. Uh, I also love to do a bit of cooking. So if you want to jump on and have a look at what I'm cooking, hashtag cooking with unit, that's been going off. So if you got any um, anything that you want to see the unit whip up, I can do that for you too. All right, there we go. That wraps it up with the MCW Tag Team Champions, the Brat Pack, Mitch Waterman, Nick Berry. Thanks, guys, for being on MCW Wired. Cheers, fellas. It's been good. Great. Thanks for having us.